Hey everyone, welcome to the Going in Circles Big Monday show. My name is Charles Simon. I'm the host of the Going in Circles podcast network. My partner, Barry Spears, will be with us in just a minute. We didn't have any triple crown preps this week, so unfortunately we had, uh, you know who, had some news today. Um... Bill was passed in Kentucky that had some good and some not so good in it. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about a lot of things. <laughs> a lot of things. We'll be back in just a minute. Pleasant Acre Farms is a full-service breeding operation located in Morriston, Florida, just outside of Ocala. If you want to get involved in the breeding business in the Sunshine State, or you're already involved, Pleasant Acre Farms is really the only place you need to know. Joe and Helen Barbazon, who are just great people, do a fantastic job taking care of your mare. Uh, they have a solid roster of 13 stallions with a really diverse group of pedigrees, your mayor will find a match at Pleasant Acre Farms. Currently, the star of Pleasant Acre Farms' stallion roster is Neolithic, who is by far a runaway winner of the Freshman Stallion of the Year here in the state of Florida. His son, Make It Big, just made it 3 for 3, winning the $400,000 Springboard Mile at Remington Park, earning 10 points towards the Kentucky Derby in the process. Pleasant Acre Farms is... Your one-stop shop for breeding in the state of Florida. Check them out at www.pleasantacrestallions.com or on Twitter at P-A-S Stallions. You can also give them a call at 352-528-2885. Pleasant Acre Stallions, check them out. Oh, Sniperino. What's up? Hope you're having a good Monday. Always. Although I'm not fond of Mondays, but they're always pretty good. I can't complain. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Just another Monday in horse racing. <laughs> Lots of news. News by uh, from uh, you know who. Uh. Uh, before we get to that, we'll talk about. Uh, let's let's talk about. Okay. Let's talk. The Kentucky legislature passed the breakage bill, a penny breakage, I guess we would call it. So they are the first state to enact um, something that's it's kind of been uh, an under-the-radar issue, an issue nonetheless, but uh, as racing has changed, and it's changed a lot in, in a in a relatively short period of time, but um, breakage is the amount of money that is um, the. I'm doing a poor job of describing this. Breakage is is the amount of money between what you were supposed to get and what you actually get when you uh, when the odds are are or when the payoffs are determined. Um. I mean, the easiest way to describe it is that, uh, you know, 
places are paying in 10 10 cent or 20 cent increments it was 20 cents forever and then some places did 10 cents increments so you'll see a a, a payoff be three dollars and ten cents or three dollars and twenty cents when the actual math sometimes um should have been three dollars and 18 cents and it gets rounded down to three dollars and ten cents or in, in on 20 cent breakage uh dollars and 18 cents due to you gets rounded down to three dollars so you lose 18 cents which which is a significant amount when you can consider all of the bets that are made um throughout the whole you know betting eco structure it's a significant amount of money and this money was just going to the tracks they were just basically keeping it and it made sense when we were in an era of uh, 95% of the money was bet on track because you're standing in a, in a line to bet with a mutual teller and having to pay nickels and dimes and pennies would have been, um, it would have been a time consuming thing. And so I, I get why it used to be, but with the vast majority of, I mean, not even, it's not even a vast majority of, I mean, it's beyond the vast majority, right? I mean, in some cases <laughs> we're talking 90% of the money or 95% of the money is bet um, through ADWs or, you know, not at the racetrack, you know, through a teller. The technology exists to pay people exactly what they deserve to get. And um, it's, it's a small victory. And, and I don't think, we're going to see a whole bunch of other states rushing to do this because it doesn't increase their very much. It's just the right thing to do. But, you know, politicians, um, you know, the politicians. <laughs> so uh, it's, it's you know, an improvement. And um, certainly people deserve to get paid as much as, you know, as, as they deserve to get paid. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I guess we have to kind of um, revel in the small victories that that we as horse players have um, because we don't get too many breaks, and this is one of them. I think the last one we got was the um, six hundred dollar signer. Yeah, yeah, the IRS. You know, yeah, the IRS. Yeah, revamped their you know, previously ridiculous rules. Old man. That was an old rule that should have been gone a long time ago when they, <laughs> you know, um, but you know, and, and that's made so much of a difference, at least for somebody like me, it has. Um, but again, it's a small victory. I mean, I don't know what, what prompted it. Um, oh, can... actually, I, 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 I do know what happened. Okay. Um Pat Cummings, our friend uh our friend Pat, who's the world's biggest proponent of category one rules. That's a story for another day. Um he works for a, a an operation called the Thoroughbred Ideas Foundation. It's called, sort of a think tank for racing, just gonna put some ideas out there. And he had done uh, a white paper on breakage and how uh, or or you know dime and and twenty cent breakage and and how it was kind of a ripoff and it was kind of uh, something that is um it's kind of a relic of the past and and it needs 
to be changed because there's just no point in uh um there's just no point in keeping it it's just the the reasoning for keeping it just doesn't exist anymore so uh it, it was uh you know he did a piece and and um a senator or a con is uh mark Koenig, Koenig um from from kentucky read it and he agreed and he, he made it um part of his uh um you know, part of a bill that he put forth in the kentucky legislature uh and it was um you know it it, it was passed today but he read Pat's paper, which, you know, made him aware of it. That's sometimes one of the big issues that we have in horse racing is that our issues are just not mainstream issues for the most part. Uh, so you're, you're dealing with, you're having to educate the legislators and you're having to, um, you know, make your case why this is important and why they should spend time uh, backing it. And that is the most difficult of all of our cases in, in thoroughbred racing and or harness racing, any kind of racing. It's it's making the the politicians aware of our problems and then kind of tying it to them and, and how can they put a positive spin on it other than, hey, you know, uh, this is not right because there's lots of things that aren't right that just don't <laughs> ever get to Adam Koenig is Adam Koenig. Mark Koenig was a shortstop for the Yankees in the twenties. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a hundred years ago. Um, but um, it did uh, it did pass, and there was an increase in the tax rate on bets in Kentucky, which is probably the uh, the not so great uh, part Let's... about it. Um, and it has nothing to do really with it's it's part of the same bill but it's part of the same bill because it's whole horse racing but it, it isn't like i know people are going to think that it was uh, a kind of a uh, well we'll do this and then we'll do, you know we'll do this but uh, that that was going to probably happen anyways um it's uh you know it, it's real it's only for Kentucky residents and I don't know how big of a fat factor it's really going to be. And I mean, I know we like to complain about things and raising taxes is almost never like a positive for, for us, the regular person, the citizen, the, the, the better, but, um, the, the tax rate has been a half of a half of a percent. Um, so, uh, I, I think that, uh, I think the tax rate on simulcast bets on Kentucky tracks from out of state, um, or excuse me, simulcast wagers placed at a Kentucky track on an out of state track is going to drop. So, um, I, I don't know exactly how it's it's going to be, how it's going to work, but. I mean, so is that going to solve like those issues? I, I don't know. A few years back, where like every year, like you know, triple crown time, there would always be issues with. No, no, with that that's okay. Churchill Downs. Okay, that's Churchill raising, uh, you know, raising the rates for the Kentucky Derby or 
that week or however they do it, however they package it. That that's not going to stop. That that has mostly stopped because most everyone now is affiliated with uh, Naira's group or the Churchill group or the Stronic group. Um, you know, they all have their, you know, they, they've bundled their signals and sold them as one, which, which has kind of eliminated a lot of that, um, you know, Derby week, uh, kind of showdowns, right? You're not going to get the Derby unless you're willing to pay this exorbitant rate. It wasn't that Mm -hmm. long ago. That, uh, no, it was... wasn't that long ago, but I don't, I don't recall it for the last few years. I, yeah, I, mean, I, I haven't seen it in the last couple. Vegas years. was the last kind of holdout, right? They, yep. they were, they were fighting with Vegas. So, I think but... the one, of the, you know, one of the issues. I, this is a, kind of a horse racing. It's kind of unique to horse racing in a lot of ways because. What other industries really are so different from state to state to state to state, right? There's not a lot of them. And I know the insurance business, but not a lot of stuff that um, is so drastically different. And I think part of I was talking to someone from Kentucky today and I said, you know, you guys live in a little bit of fantasy land now in Kentucky, right? You said the sales are doing great. The, the, the purses are through the roof. The HHR rooms are full. Um, betting is, you know, handle is up. Everything's on the upswing in Kentucky. Everything's shiny there. So, but you guys sometimes forget that the rest of the industry is not doing quite as well as you guys are. So, um, by the same token, we also have to remember that when Churchill Downs has record earnings and we have record amounts of, uh, HHR revenue and purses are record highs and, um, everything seems great. Well, you know, those politicians aren't going to let that go forever. They're going to want their cut too. And I heard that there was a ridiculous, ridiculous, uh, proposal to hit, uh, a tax rate in, 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 in the Commonwealth of Kentucky that, that was defeated that had about a third, maybe a little less than a third, uh, support of the legislators. So that's always one of those kind of issues that we have to worry about in that, you know, even when we're doing good, if we, we look like we're doing too good, there's always going to be somebody that's going to come and put their hand in the till, whether it's a person or I mean, not a person, but an organization in the business like Churchill Downs raising the rates again, or um, it's going to be a policy politicians looking to, to capitalize uh it's it's just it's one of those things that uh, other sports don't really have to worry that much about that i mean i think the biggest state to state controversy or issue that that sports have had uh, is been you know the covid restrictions and uh, the vaccine issues like that new york's having um well do you, do you think or do or could you or do you attribute that to the archaic system that's in place for horse racing? Meaning that, you know, there's old rules, old technology, old this, and it's kind of hard to follow. Unquestionably. I mean, it's not even a question. Well, I just want to make sure. I mean, that's how I feel, but, you know. It's, it's unquestionable. Barry, so much in this business doesn't get addressed or even thought about or even talked about at all until something comes up. 
And then everybody is like, wow, why didn't we fix this? Um, you can just go back to the jockey whip rule. Hmm. Almost all the states had have uh, gave the stewards the ability to find jockeys for excessive use of the whip. And they had great discretion in determining what that excessive use of the whip would be. If they decided that excessive use of the whip was going to be, you know, eight strikes, they didn't need to put a rule in. They could have just said, hey, from now on, seven, eight, nine strikes, th that's that's our limit. That's our limit. And if you do it more, we're going to fine you for excessive, um, you know, whipping. So a lot of stuff doesn't even need to have actual legislation fixing it. But it, it's just it doesn't get addressed because no one's thinking about it. People like me uh, don't there's just not many of of people like me out there to think of these wild things that i think about right like i'm thinking about why we should fix this or why we should change this or 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 just the, the entire system we have of classifying horses is it, it it's it's archaic and it doesn't work very well and it leads us to issues where we don't have big fields we don't have um the horsemen are unhappy because they don't feel like they're getting a fair chance to run their horses enough. The racetrack is, is unhappy because they can't get big fields, but they keep going back to the same system and nothing ever changes. And they just pile on or they make tweaks or, I mean, horse racing is the king of let's put a bandaid on this and then hope it goes away. I mean, we've done that for, I mean, how many years uh, I mean, this just the whole system of drug testing. It's just stupid. And honestly, and I know some people think that I'm just a curmudgeon about this, but just having it the same across the, the, the all the states would help but not be better is still not very effective. If yeah. you're going to take the same stupid rules and the same nonsensical uh, uh, some some of the stuff they're just they're using detection levels with no other research into this and and I hear so many times well you know I, you can't say that Chuck well why not oh we can't afford that Chuck well why not <laughs> and and this is the question I always ask is it's frustrating to me that that I am the voice of like not reason but. I'm the optimistic one because I'm a not an optimistic person. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I'm not the, the world's most optimistic person. Yet when it comes to horse racing, I seem to be like one of the few people that has optimism that we can do things better. And not that we will, but we can do things better. Oh, yeah, definitely can. There's no doubt about it. It's, you know, it's all about will or desire at this point rather than the fact that you can or can't. And that's, you know, I, I just don't understand how the sport gets into that rut where everything is like, all right, well, we're just going to keep trying to do this the same way we always have. And, and like I always say, I mean, I, I can't say this enough is, you know, the downfall in a lot of ways is this is the way we've always done it. That kind of attitude is not going to get it done. It, it's just not going to. You have to think outside of the box. You have to do things differently in order to move forward and progress. 
And right now it feels like we're at a standstill because we're not doing that. I mean, even I mean, even take the, you know, the the he who shall not be named um, situation. It's all because the rules are old. And, and it allows for somebody to basically beat everyone, the track, the horse racing boards over the head with lawyers till they stop and say, we surrender. Sure. I mean, you, you look at the Kentucky horse racing rule that basically placed a gag order on the board and the employees where they essentially couldn't say anything. And Baffert's lawyers were allowed to just bludgeon them months and for months, months and months. They're still doing it a year. And, 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 and that's, um, well, not a year because I mean, Derby wasn't until May. Just feels like a year, uh, but but it, it's it's just an archaic rule. Uh, it just doesn't make sense. And again, this may not be popular, but there's questions if Baffert's positive actually should be a positive. If that drug should be that that should be a positive at that level. I don't know yeah, that it should be. I, I've I've heard yeah, some some question. people that are smarter than me that understand the the testing levels better than I do, because I, I that that's not my expertise and it's not at all. Um, I just was pretty successful as a trainer in, in in staying within the rules because I didn't have a lot of positives like all these other people that just say, "Oh, geez, I don't know what happened," but um. It's a question. It, it, why is it different in this state and that state and other state? And then people say, "Well, we'll have HISA." Okay. Well, if HISA still has a a, a detection level for a drug that's really too low, that doesn't that allows for environmental contamination, that allows for people to follow the rules and still come up a positive. And I'm not I'm not like I'm not saying anything about the Baffert situation. I don't know what they did. I don't care about the automatics. It doesn't matter. None of that matters. But what I'm saying is that. The RMTC itself has admitted that some of the, the, the drugs that they're the regulations that they're using are are a 95% rule. And I'm thinking to myself, we can't have a 90. How, how can we have a 95% rule? How can we have something that 5% of the time it might fail, even if you are following the rules? That that that's nuts to me. But that's not something that anyone wants to talk about. And you know, ISO, we have the lady uh, uh they did an interview about the um, uh, Ron Flatter did for the uh, HRN uh, did an interview with the lady who's in charge of Heisen now. And a couple things she said were, and she seems like an eminently qualified person to run Heisa. Uh, I'm not saying that she's not, she certainly seems qualified, but she said, she said a couple things that are disturbing. Like number one, we, he wasn't allowed to ask anything about Heisa, just about background information on her. So nothing was allowed to be asked, which is, is to me like the point, like it, it's just like, what are you people like? How what can are we you doing? Like, yes. <laughs> this thing what? didn't pass last week. And the other thing she said, is she's essentially the only employee. I think this is another part of, of racing that people don't know. And Eric Hamelback from the H National HBBA has been villainized by a lot of people. And it's it's unjust. It really is. So many of these people, they want to villainize people, but 
it's just business. This is he's doing his job. Okay, he's doing what the people who hired him, who he works for, the, he, he's doing their bidding, and it's just a difference of opinion. And in the end, it's a legal matter. And if Heisa is legally sound, then it's legally sound. And if it's not, and the HBPA suit or these these state attorney generals who i'm not sure how eric hamelbeck has been been, been able to uh, you know like lure all these state attorney generals in like they actually would listen to a guy who works for an organization like the national hvpa which essentially has one employee as well if it doesn't stand up well you know what then they did you a fair because let's not even pretend that if mr baffert or someone like him would get a positive in a big race that they wouldn't take the same tact if that avenue has been rejected by the courts then that eliminates a way that the the quote-unquote bad guys can get out of jail free so you know i guess my point was though but but eric runs that that operation essentially by himself and there's so many organizations in this business that are, are one, two, three, four man people. And we like to, to compare it to sports. How many people do you think work for the NCAA? <laughs> A lot more than one. <laughs> 5,000? At least. And they're the biggest joke of an organization ever lived. Though Arizona did, did benefit last night from the refs swallowing the whistle there in that last play. Uh. I was going to say, your refs suck, NCA, but I was happy that they sucked on that play. But um, it's a very, <laughs> how do we say it? Um, like the Florida HVPA, the Florida HVPA has three salaried employees. Three. An executive director receptionist and a, and, a, and a lady that does the office manager bookkeeper and sometimes i hear people complain that they don't do this and they don't do that and they don't do this and they don't do that and i'm thinking to myself how many people do you think work there right it's only three people <laughs> like what do you think their budget is like like people would be shocked at the national hvpa's budget put it this way <laughs> the entire budget is about is probably about what James Harden makes for a half of a game. <laughs> it was so funny. One guy was debating me one day. He says, "Well, you know, I, I I know how we can get rid of all these 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 drug positives." I said, "Oh yeah, how's that? Oh, we just need to find people." I said, "Okay, well, how much are you can find them? Oh, twenty five thousand first offense, fifty thousand for the second offense." I laughed. Yeah, nobody ever gets me. I laughed. I said, dude, <laughs> let me just tell you this right now. 90% of trainers don't have $50,000 in their checking account, okay? 90, maybe 95%. I was going to say, it's probably more I go, Did you confuse us with Major League Baseball players here? Like, we don't even get paid half the time as trainers. Like, we're, we hope to get paid. Well, a guy told me a long time ago, Jim Barry, good dude, man. He fired me, but still. Um, he said, you know, this is the damnedest business. All you got to do to be considered like a great guy is to pay your bills. I said, 
you don't even have to pay him on time as long as you pay him. And he's like, I don't understand. How can this business operate? And it's like, that's the truth. It's the truth. It's the truth. And no one wants to talk about it, but it's the truth. But, um, so I think there was one thing and, and we, you know, we can't not talk about it. So we might as well talk about it. But I, I thought there was one part of the Baffert decision today, one little part that might have eluded a lot of people. Uh, it's funny because people see that the judge denied it and, and, and they just, they don't even read what he said or anything. They just like freak out. Oh, we told you so. Or, 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 you know, the people, oh, they're all corrupt. Like the whole <laughs> entire legal system or judicial system in Kentucky has been paid off because they're all against Bob Baffert, which is <laughs> weird, which is very, very weird. But, um, but there was, there was one part of it that I thought that, uh, to me was kind of maybe, maybe telling, maybe not, maybe it's, maybe I'm just, uh, I'm seeing things, but um, I'm I'm actually looking for the the, uh, the 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 sentence that I was I was looking for, which I cannot find, of course. Um, but I I, I did I did think that um, it uh, it was pretty uh, the idea that that bob baffert was going to suffer irreparable harm from the suspension <laughs> just seemed <laughs> it seemed very very difficult to 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 actually get a you know a court of law to believe that and uh they they, they didn't i mean um and it was interesting because you know you learn something every day but uh, it does say, nevertheless, Baffert's claimed injuries, again, relate to economic harm, which is not irreparable under Kentucky law. Also, potential harm to reputation is not worthy of injunctive relief. So, I mean, there's some things that, that um, you know, you, you, you learn. Uh, but... Um, You know, other if, side. If, if the financial effects and the reputational effects are not big enough to, um, uh, you know, aren't applicable to, to get an injunction for, you know, irreparable pair. Well, I, I don't know what else he would, you know, what else would they, they could use. Right. I mean, you can discount that and be like, well, the guy won like $250,000 races, like less than a month ago. <laughs> Well, it's just you know you, what I mean. You know, there's like, well, there's there's a whole lot of uh, evidence that trainers have gotten long suspensions, have come back and done fine. Steve Asmussen would be would be the first, you know, the first one I would bring up. I mean, I would say, well, Steve Asmussen's got a six month suspension, right? And, and he's come back. He's had like horses a year, and he's won freaking. Winning as trainer in trainer. Yeah, trainer. like right. He's he's won <laughs> so many races. It's 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 ludicrous so um it, it just seems that uh you know it, it was interesting kind of re trying to, to read the tea leaves of course that uh 
that California, which has a rule that says if a trainer gets, is it more, is, I think it's more than 60 days, 60 days or more mm -hmm. that they have to disband their stable essentially. Yep. Um, and people that's were I, trying to make the, uh, you know, the case that that would be like, you know, irreparable pair, but that that's kind of silly. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a, a pain in the ass, right? It would be kind of a real pain in the ass because the, you'd have to take all the equipment out, all the office furniture, take all the signs down and all that crap, you know? Um, and the horses would have to find new home for, 90 days or however but um there is is the thought that they may not do that um that it might be considered the only a california violation may i don't know seem it just seems hard to uh well this goes back to your point like you know, it's just different everywhere. And then you have to kind of, you know, wade your way through the minutia of all of it to try to figure out what is actually going to happen. And it's, it seems like it's just too difficult. I mean, you know, and I get the whole pain in the ass thing with moving them out and then moving them back in 90 days later, but maybe that's what has to happen in order to yeah, drive. I mean, I mean Barry, you know, that that's, put more, in because... that's more of a, a sticking point than the actual missing time, you know, just the whole inconvenience of the whole thing um, as a deterrent. But, you know, obviously that wouldn't deter him because of the money that he's made. Yeah. I mean, it, it was, it was put <laughs> into effect because uh, essentially trainers were just, the trainer was missing, right? Mm -hmm. You would give the trainer a suspension. He wouldn't be there, but everything else would be the same. It'd be the same, Horses with the same help, with the same assistance, with the same equipment, with the you know, in the same barn and and and, and all that. So it, it was kind of like, hey, is this really a penalty, especially for a more serious violation? I mean, this isn't a penalty that he got because he had the Kentucky Derby positive. It was a accumulation of of positives uh, that that is you know, this fourth positive in that period of time. So that's why he has 90 days. Not, not, he wouldn't have gotten 90 days just for, for one. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, on one hand, I'm, I'm, I'm actually glad to see that they've had enough of the nonsense to do something about it. But, you know, you think about the other side is, you know, I guess uh, Mr. Baffert is, is the is the guinea pig on this. As long as they follow through with this every time it comes up. Mm -hmm. And I don't personally have that confidence that they will only because their track record doesn't dictate such things. You know, it is one thing if this happened routinely. And they knew how to handle it. This is the first time this has happened, but it can be something they can hang their hat on and and really crack down on people, or at least as much as they can without, you know, overstepping legally. And, you know, but it's just like some things has to change somewhere. And why not now? You know, 
Um, and I know the, the, the fear is, especially from the tracks, is that they're going to get beat over the head with lawyers from the, the bigger trainers when this comes up. But they can't have that fear because they either want the sport to be on the up and up or they don't. <laughs> you know, the rules are the rules. Whether they need to reevaluate the rules, that's a whole other issue. But the rules as they are in place should be followed for everyone under every circumstance. Right. And it seems like it was very selective up until now. Yeah, I, I thought it was interesting that in this, you know, the the what the judge um his uh findings, one of the things that he spoke about was um the grand motion case mm-hmm. where you know the, the it was um the stewards got was overturned by uh the circuit court but you know so grand motion i got a positive for um methacarbinol bentmorbaxin it's, it's a muscle relaxant and some of the information that was found was that even though he had all he he had followed the regulations that were given mm-hmm. um that there was an interaction between uh bute and robaxin which caused the robaxin to not leave the horse's system in time um this this isn't everything but uh that was one of the findings uh they you know they they appealed they went to you know they brought the 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 horse right the, the khrc upheld their own ruling um and it was appealed to the circuit court who actually kind of threw it out but the khrc uh, appealed to the appeal court which upheld the um the initial positive and essentially they were uh, saying that um the, the kentucky racing commission found a, a rational basis for suspending the horse uh and that a lot of the circumstances just don't really matter and the limit is the limit and the regulations don't distinguish between different types of beta methasone and the source is, is irrelevant because it's a classy medication it's not permitted to be in a horse and that's the part i i just have a hard time thinking or believing that with that case and with the precedent, I mean, they're essentially kind of going for the same thing, right? Trying to say it was a, a topical and, and yes, it's, I mean, they, they're not denying that the, the, the beta methasone was in the horse uh, above the allowed limit. So that's the thing that, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I, I, I just remember this case and it seems like um, they're, uh, they're, they're just very similar in that uh um i i just you know the khrc is saying it's beta methasone in the delivery and the circumstances don't matter it can't be in this horse's system and it was and that's all there is to it and and it just seems like that case mirrors that other case and, and i'm sure it's different in some some 
legal technical ways, but uh, I just have a hard time believing he's going to win this case. I really do. And, and, uh, yeah, and I know I, I was talking to matter. I mean, you know, his lawyer is going to lawyer it up and, and try to give you the smoke and mirrors and say, Oh, well they're out to get him," Or, you know, it was topical instead of injected. And, you know, they're, they're going to try to muddy the waters, but in the end, they even aren't disputing that the horse had it in his system. They were at first, or not they, he. And then that quickly turned. And now they're just trying to muddy the waters and get everybody confused enough to the fact that they're like, well, we don't know what to believe. We'll just throw it out. Right, right. I think that seems like the strategy they're going for. But clearly it's not working because the rule is the rule is the rule. Now, you know, that that's debatable. I mean, that's probably if I were in Mr. Baffert's shoes, I would hang my hat on. All right, fine. I'll take the 90 days. But we got to look at these rules. You know, and that would prompt a bigger discussion, which probably needs to happen, too. Now, the rules are. are, are the rules should be reevaluated every year. I mean, clear, for... but if, if we're going to use if, if height, that, and this is the thing that, that I was talking about with Heisa just a little while ago was Heisa has one employee. All right. They have some uh, consultants, supposedly, but they have one real employee in these boards. And and these are the rules that are the, there's so many rules right, even gonna... regarding the, the, the medication to think that that this I mean, this it sounds like they need. You know, you know, a dozen people working there, and 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 a lot of them with you know legal backgrounds that they can they can understand the legalities of, of how to write rules and 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 such. And I mean, and, and now you're talking about federal rules versus state rules, and right. And that's so where that, that... that's that's really kind of very what gives me pause about the whole thing is like, yeah, <laughs> they they didn't allow themselves enough time. No, or and they... and. And, and, and the lady even said that, and she said, "But you know what? Like, there, there's not enough time. But that, you know, that's not our doing. That's what. That's the. That's the situation we have. You know, we have to deal with, and you know, we just have to figure it out. Which, which is, un, you know, understandable. That's what you got to say. I mean, it's not like she could just call up, right, uh, Biden and say, you know, can you change this? <laughs> no, and I think I think you know it, it's tough because as as a horse player and and yourself, somebody that's been in the game for a long time." You know, you you want it to to work the way that it should, but for that to happen, you know, it's like just just think of the, what we were just talking about about the rules and how they're different in every state. You know, if if it's gonna work, they're gonna have to evaluate all of that, and that's got to take time. It's it's not gonna be like a, a six month process. It's more like a six year process before. Heist has any has any kind of effect, and that's after proving that it or or getting the green light saying that you know the legality of the whole thing is is on the up and up. So it's like a huge mountain to climb, which is fine, but I don't think it was ever presented in that fashion. You know, like especially with horse players. I mean, you know, we've all been on Twitter, and everybody wants instant gratification on everything, and that's just not feasible in this situation whether you know the end result is going to be bad or good 
we're never going to know in a year. It's, it's just impossible. There's no way, you know, because they have to get over the le- legal issues, whether, you know, the states have their, their rights to govern the way they choose. Then if they get past that, then they got to reevaluate everything else. It's just, it's just a, a big undertaking. And I don't know if the people involved knew that it was going to take that long or they were just kind of being optimistic or naive. I don't know, but that's where we're at. It, this, this thing's going to take years before it's any kind of effective. I just, I found the part that I was, I was looking for. Um, it says athletes have a, and this is the judge athletes have a finite period of eligibility or peak performance. However, Baffert is not an athlete. He is a trainer, much more akin to a coach. Unlike certain athletes whose careers are subject to a small window of, uh, of eligibility or peak performance, Baffert's career has spanned decades and will continue following this brief suspension. Right. In fact, Baffert has expressed his intent to continue in his chosen profession. Uh, this is the part that I thought was very interesting. The horses under Baffert's care, quote, the athletes, do possess a finite window of eligibility and peak performance. However, those horses can still race. Any harm Baffert will suffer from not participating in the 2022 Triple Crown or other races during his period of suspension will result in monetary loss. Mere injuries, however, substantial and basically saying it doesn't matter. Right, because that's the, well, that's the whole point of the suspension. Well, I, well, I think that that's the strife. <laughs> You know, I, I, no, I think the important thing there was he says the horses possess a finite window of eligibility before peak performance. However, those horses can still race. Yes. And I believe that one of the questions is, can the owners get injunctions? The horses that haven't earned points. And I'm thinking, no, I, I I'm thinking that they that. That that's not going to work. I, I I just have a. They can't, I, they can't claim, uh, you know, that they didn't know that they could switch trainers. <laughs> well, that that's that's the part I think is going to is 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 going to be difficult for them in that they signed nomination forms, and the nomination forms all have the rules. They're, uh, and the rule states that trainers who are not allowed to, you know, who are banned from participating can't earn points. And it's not as though no one has known this. Everyone has known this. And I have a hard time believing that a judge is going to grant them an injunction, knowing that they knew this and that they signed this and that they chose to stay there and they chose to participate in these races, knowing that they wouldn't get any points. And now they want an injunction saying that they can run at the last minute um well i mean i I mean to me what the judge is saying is the horses can still race because they can if baffert is is, he's saying baffert can be suspended but the horses can still race well if baffert's suspended then the horses can't race for baffert so (laughs) you know what i mean so he's saying with the horses can still race without baffert which is saying hey you know (laughs) There was a there was a a remedy for this issue, and people chose not to to take it. And uh, you know, choosing a trainer is not a protected right. It's, right, it's not. It, it, well, you're dealing with people on that kind of scope that have high powered lawyers. 
You know what I mean? They're, they're dealing with the best of the best as far as that goes. And I don't think, you know, all these owners, they, they I, I would hope and think that they consulted a lawyer on, on this kind of stuff. And I don't think all the lawyers that, you know, all these people have were like, no, you could, we could get an injunction and you could still run. Well, I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are some because maybe, yeah, because they may not know, you know, horse racing. Well, I, I just or think the, that the, the I just think that the, the, they think that they can they can go to court and argue anything and, and, and get an injunction because if they're not allowed to run, they're going to suffer irreparable harm because you can only run in a derby once. But which is understandable. And I get that. I mean, that's that is true on its but, face. But but but, but <laughs> it wasn't like they sprung this on them at the last minute. Right. And it wasn't no. as though they weren't aware of of these other issues and and that's my question is 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 a judge going to really derby week is a judge going to write no. uh, allow an injunction to allow one or two of baffert's horses to run horses that haven't earned any points and i have a hard time i still have a hard time believing that the kentucky derby points eligibility system is unconstitutional <laughs> i have a very very hard time thinking that the judge especially in the state of kentucky is going to rule that uh, an unconstitutional act saying that a person who's banned from their grounds isn't allowed to participate i mean it just seems uh, far-fetched mean, yeah 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 right and and even if they have no chance of winning and this is what one of the lawyers on on twitter was saying well it's, it's not even about winning it's just about you know, do they have a chance to 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 give their case? And I was like, yeah, but do you really think that the the judge is is gonna think that their their case has merit? I mean, doesn't a case have to have merit in order to get injunction an injunction to to give them time to build a case? But if he doesn't think the case really has any merit to start with, and I I think goes back to that these people all sign nomination forms to the triple crown. And whatever happened to Belmont in New York? What what is Naira doing with the Baffert thing? What happened with Naira with the 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 Marcus Vitali hearing? Like what, what what's going on with this? has anybody heard anything about those things? I haven't. I mean that that was supposed to be a thing, and then um, I, I thought Vitali's was supposed to be in uh December, and that's excuse, excuse me, uh, January. So I, I I don't even uh, uh, March first was the date of of Vitaly's hearing. So I guess that hasn't happened. So, um, or did it happen? And no, there's no way it happened. And and, and right, and, and we didn't know about it. No, I, that's that's not that's. It must have got it must have got postponed. Supposedly he was at OBS this weekend. Or uh, you know, buying horses or this week or last week, uh, supposedly. It's frightening. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know what happened to the the Vitali, uh, the Vitali hearing. That was, I mean, Vitali's been suspended for a year, which is under appeal. Since then, in Pennsylvania. Um, so I, I don't, I don't exactly know what's happening there. 
And this is the kind of thing that drives people crazy. Yes. It's like, how is this not adjudicated or even a hint of what's going to happen? And it act, you know, it's just like it goes away or you don't hear about it forever. And then it's, it's terribly frustrating. Right. And all the time, all the meanwhile, he's still operating and, and running horses. We just wound up talking crap too much. Well, it's it's hard not, you know. I mean, because it, it you know, as, as it gets closer to the Derby, this whole thing is is going to bubble up, and it's not ideal. I mean, how how much time we got left? Another seven weeks, eight weeks? No, seven. Uh, no, like uh, seven Nine. weeks, eight. Uh, oh, this this. It's uh, well, it was fifty three days, so it's like fifty to forty seven days, right? Like a month, forty six days. Yeah. So like six six and a half weeks. So it's just gonna get worse, and then you know, obviously, he's supposed to start this suspension on the fourth, right, of April. And then you're going to get the coverage of the last preps with this black cloud. And then Derby Day, he's going to have the black cloud and they're going to talk about it. It's going to get a lot of attention when, honestly, this stuff could have been squashed months ago. Or at least, you know, to the point where we're at now where he's facing that 90 days. Just take the 90 days and come back. <laughs> Man, I, I wish that would just happen. But it's not. <laughs> yeah. But there's racing on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, finally, we got some races. Uh, pretty good card. Stakes go little. That derby came up really late. Yeah, I thought so too, but. A lot of horses uh, seem to have. I've chosen, a, yeah, have chosen a dip. Uh, <laughs> they was... fled the scene. And I was actually surprised by the um, by Shipsational opting to go to Florida Derby rather than the wood. No, I'm not. I was just surprised. I, I thought he would horse... go to the wood just. Home you know, team. Home team. Right, but I mean, it's a lot easier to ship here than it is to ship back north. True, you know, uh, three hour drive. So I, I, I really think it's a good idea. I, it's on the right track. 
win this race. I mean, I do too. What the draw yeah, looks right. like, and you know, the get draws out. Eight. But there should be a decent amount of pay, and he should. Uh, I mean, he's certainly fit enough, and I like. I'm with you. I, I didn't like what he was talking about running, and and if he would ran first or second. The day of the Tampa Bay Derby was just going to train up to the race. I thought that was a bad idea, but uh, no, the the Tampa Bay, excuse me, don't. Oh, um, but the Louisiana Derby, I mean, we get rattle and rolls back. Not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm big not a fan. Uh, I don't know why he doesn't run him back at Keeneland. I don't know why he didn't want to run him at Keeneland. Or ran one race. He ran huge at Keeneland, right? That was the one race he ran yep. big was Keeneland. Uh, Galt, who's, you know, fell down last time. Um, even so, Galt is a little bit slow. Uh, my horse, Pioneer of, the, of Medina, who I like. Um, Kapuna, who's moving way up. Uh, Curly Tail's moving way up. Call Me Midnight, who's been, I don't know where he's been. He's been out of commission. Uh, but, but he's just kind of a, a one-run closer in a race where it, it doesn't look like there's going to be a lot of speed in here. Uh, Silent Power, I mean, the one horse, he's been getting drummed against Louisiana Brids. I, I, I can't, I don't know what they're thinking about running, running him in there. Uh, and then Zozos, right? He's got two starts, crushed in a, a pretty ordinary uh, allowance race last time out. Uh, but again, he draws inside of Epicenter, and uh, that that's probably not great for him because I think Epicenter is going to be the controlling sp And you have a horse that's been in the clear his whole life is now might wind up being pushed down inside. So uh, to me, it's, it's you know, Epicenter's race to lose, especially doesn't look like there's a lot of other pace to run with him and, and it'll be it, it'll i mean the race sets up like if it sets up like it did last time which it kind of looks like it's going to do i mean galt showed speed two starts ago but that was almost kind of like he had the rail and um simplification broke terrible that day and he, and, and he just kind of found himself on the lead right but I, I don't think he's really gonna press epicenter at the, at, i'm I mean, not quick enough for, for no so uh, Echo Zulu makes a return. Yeah, that should be fun. In a, in, a, in a short field, but there's some, you know, there's some runners in there. Turner Loose uh, has been was sharp on the dirt uh, after being on the turf for most of his career. Favors okay. Um, and uh, Hidden Connection. She, yeah. She's yeah. all right, too. Yeah, although she ran a, a serious dud last time. <laughs> Yeah. Yep. Uh, there's nine in the uh, the Mervyn Munoz. The New Orleans Classic only has six, but yep. it's a tough time of the year to get older handicap horses going along. Yeah, because anybody yep. assault either ran in the Pegasus or running in Dubai or ran in Saudi. Right. You got to... Uh... Everybody's recovering. Right. Yeah, Promise Keeper, Olympiad, Superstock, Happy American Proxy, and Chess Chief. Chess Chief, home team. You know, decidedly great three horses, but 
chess chiefs on uh, proxy his- actually court. ran really well his his comeback race he hadn't won in a while he he, he might be the one to beat in there um or olympiad olympiad's okay too the uh the tom benson mile 16th on the turf gets a full field of nine uh and there's you know quite a few maiden races. The the seventh race has got a full field of twelve with two AEs. That's a maiden special going three quarters on the dirt for three year olds. The the Costa Rising Stakes, the Louisiana bred race, has got fifteen in there. The Crescent Derby, which is another Louisiana bred stakes, got eleven. Um, maidens on the turf, Phillies on the turf has eleven. Uh, the uh, the Crescent City Oaks has got nine, and uh, another maiden on the turf has got ten. And the first race of the day, maiden special three year old fillies has got eight. So, so it's a good card. Mm-hmm. Like I said, the stakes may I mean the late double might be a little bit chalky. <laughs> Echo Zulu and uh, Epicenter, but both look like they're you know disadvantages in those races. So, so uh, no. Mr. Rosario could be a nice day for him. The Rosario double. Yep, but uh, it's 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 a good card. So Sunland's got their big race this this week weekend. Yes, the Derby. I yeah, have the uh, oh, the Sunland the Sunland Park uh, Derby. What did I call it now? Oh, let's. Isn't it the same thing, Sunland yeah. Derby? Yeah, Sun the Sunland Park Derby. <clears throat> um, Slowdown Andy. That is where Slowdown Andy showed up. He's in there. It's eight horse field. Uh, straight up G. Richard Baltus ships in. Um, isn't that uh, Jim Rome? Yeah. Yeah, slow down, Andy. He drew post four. Gutierrez going to ride him. Rosario will be there to ride classic moment for Stevie Asmussen, who's also got the one Costa Terra. Those look like the horses. The those look like the ones. Um, you know, a lot of the New Mexico Breeders Derby on the Park Oaks. Optionality ships in for Steve Asmussen in there. Uh, Queen of Thorns. Oh, Sunday, Peter Hurton. Hmm? That's on Sunday, isn't it? That's on Sunday, yes. Which is smart, actually, to have it it's on Sunday. Very smart. You don't want to go head to head with the no. <laughs> Derby. Nope. Nope. So, you know, it looks like a decent card. I mean, not a big New Mexico player, but. Uh, the UAE Derby is is this week too. I don't know who's in it. I don't even know. I, I generally don't pay much attention to what those races. I mean, World they don't Cup. they don't ever seem to give us a lot of uh... World Cups, sir. Yeah, the, the UAE Derby doesn't doesn't. Uh... Nah, that's weak sauce. <clears throat> Life is good. 
versus Hot Rod Charlie and, and company. Should be an interesting race. I beg to differ, but <laughs> I think it's going to be a blowout we'll go, race. We'll go with that. I mean, I, I think it's just kind of <laughs> just my opinion that, you know, the whole Hot Rod Charlie thing is a little bit of smoke and mirrors going over there early and they're going to give it their best shot, but I, I, I just can't, unless life is good, just completely no shows. It's going to be tough to beat that horse. He, he would just have to not run, like literally like stand in the gate. I mean, you saw what he did to, right? The world's fastest horse, right? At the time. Yeah. Snatched his heart out early. That he did. That he did. If it wasn't so cold, I would remember that race, but I don't have any recollection of that day or that race because I was freezing. Awful chill. Block out the cold memories. It's not in not in my immediately deleted. Mm. But yeah, I mean, you know, the next few weeks should be really good. I mean, Right. And then the week after that is uh, Florida Derby. Right. The very next Saturday. And then when is the Arkansas Derby? Let me look. Oh, that's on April 2nd, too. So, I tell you, it's hard to be optimistic about this. The people evolved. Even the people wanting the right thing sometimes can just be jerk offs. It's just, <laughs> it's just, and it's just, they just are sometimes. And it's just, uh, it's frustrating. It really is frustrating. It's sad, you know, because, you know, guys like us, 
well, and even for it, you, go ahead. I'm sorry. You saw it, and you know, you were there in the '90s and and in the '80s, and you know, part of the '70s and stuff. And how much different and how much better it felt. <laughs> you know, it just feels different now. I just don't think people have any real understanding of how difficult it is to get anything done in this sport. Yeah, it's 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 I just don't think people understand that. And I think that people are well-meaning sometimes. But I also think that they 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 don't get that it doesn't matter how fucking smart they are or what how great their ideas are. It's about what you can get done. And we can't get shit done with politicians. I don't know why that's so difficult for people to understand. We can't get out of our own way. What power do we have? And, and that's not to say that the racetracks, in a lot of ways, aren't aren't sabotaging us. Anyways, we don't know what the hell they do go up there and say. I mean, let's let's be honest. Let's call it let's call it what it is. We don't know what the racetracks lobbyists are, are are lobbying the politicians for. They can tell us what they are. We don't know that. We don't know. Do you think do you think Churchill Downs is going to tell us what they're what they're actually asking for? Definitely not. You have any idea what what what, what the Stronic Group asks for? For that matter, do we know what Naira asks for? We don't know. We, a lot of times we, we, we get the end result. We hear about what happened or what mostly didn't happen. But it's difficult. It's hard. And I can sit here and complain about um, every issue that exists. And believe me, the show would be 12 hours if I complained about every issue that exists. <laughs> The problem is this, is that there's so many issues that I don't even bother with because they're never going to change. And it's not like, I don't want to be like, a, like talked about earlier, like that defeatist attitude, but some of them are just not going to change. It's just not going to happen. It's never going to happen. Give me an example. We're never getting rid of the, the computer players. Okay. Sure. Not happen. No one's giving them up. Never going to happen. It would be, it would probably be a disaster, but did happen. Are they overstated in some ways? Yes. But some other people don't think they exist. They're nuts. <laughs> yeah. Handle well, is... oh, I'll give you this one. Handle went from uh, the, the mid 600 million, 690 million maybe range to almost a billion. And purses went up 1 million bucks. They stole from us. The rate was paid for revenue, the extra handle. It was so low that we hardly get any of it. I don't know how anyone else explains that. I don't, I don't, I'm not sure how, how you explain it. Well, nobody asked that question. Well, no, well, it doesn't. Right. That, that's, that's part of the problem right there. Nobody asked that question. No. They're real. It's just a fact of life. It makes it difficult. And to even. You know. need to do an expose on that. Yeah, it's, it's. People won't give you the numbers. Half the people won't talk about it. No, no one will talk about it. Shit. At least from the Take other it. side, from the betting side. Anybody to talk. 
talked to a guy who did kind of runs an ADW the other day, and he, he was great stories, but he doesn't want to go on the record. Hmm. Nobody does. Nobody does. And and that's that's the frustrating part about this business. And that there's never gonna be a a real strong media that can do anything, that can get anything. As as the me you know, listen, the old horse they didn't get a whole lot accomplished. But at least we had like Steve Christ and, and, and Andy Byer and fighting for um not, you know, then as now don't have hardly anybody uh that that's why it was funny that the uh you know the guy the other day decided that uh the complaining about things is tedious we shouldn't you know we shouldn't complain that's the only thing that we can do to, have, to ever get anything changed public shame ha does work some things It's just frustrating because um, I'll be honest, and I, I know our listenership is is uh, older, but if you're like twenty years old, you get to horse racing as a for a year, man, you better reconsider. Honestly, <laughs> you better reconsider. Or learn a foreign language because it's so dysfunctional on so many levels. I think the part, the part that gets me is just, you know, like you said, it's dysfunctional, but it doesn't need to be dysfunctional. It, 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 the is very, it, it almost can't not be dysfunctional. Well, at this point, yeah. Of the people in. And it's like so deep. And again, those that are doing well under the aren't it. So no. I, I've learned this after a while. It took me it took me a little while to figure this out. But you get a lot of lip service when you talk to racing executive service you get a lot of things that you want to hear and they look they they act interested and they write right. down and this and that and then uh, and then when you you're oh that's you know the, on the agenda and then in the end it becomes oh well so and so didn't want it or this or we didn't have it in the budget or or whatever excuse there, there's there's like Remember the old T-shirt they used to have that had all the excuses for the trainer would give after the race, you know, <laughs> needs blinkers, doesn't need, you know, needs to take the blinkers off, needs turf, track was too cuppy, track was was uh, was was too fat, track was too muddy, track was, you know, like there's there's excuses why nothing ever gets changed, nothing ever gets done, but think about it, think about it, and and I don't, I, I don't, I don't even give a shit. People won't even tell you the truth. They won't. They they lie about handle. They lie. I just don't know where you get to the place where you, you have. Well, they feel the need to. They don't really have to. 
but they feel the need to lie about handle or at like least you know be creative numbers <laughs> creative creative math I'm just kind of a little bit disheartened because it doesn't have to be this way. And it's not really like a huge major thing to kind of, you know, to write the ship or at least go in the right direction. Right now, it's like we're spinning in, in, (laughs) you know, in the middle of the ocean, just going in circles. No pun intended. Um, But I don't know, you know. I I think that's where I'm at a loss is that I don't know what could straighten the ship at least to point in the right direction, not even solve everything, just kind of, all right, let's, let's get the ship straight. And I I don't know what needs to happen in order to do that. And I don't think anybody does. Maybe you do. I mean, you probably have a better idea than I do. It's like a puzzle that it's like a jigsaw puzzle with like nine pieces missing and you know they're missing and yet right. you're still trying to figure out how to put the damn thing together and they might they might not even be missing someone might have have hidden them somewhere <laughs> and they'll tell you to fix you know to 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 make the puzzle complete but you can't because they have the the missing pieces so it's it's I just don't know where to turn anymore. I would love to do something to help this business. And it sounds silly, I guess, right? I mean, what can I do really other than you know, make make people aware of things, maybe try to explain some things that, that just don't get to be explained that much. But you just think where could you go that it wouldn't be just you have to become a shill for that organization or they don't really have any power to do anything i don't know i mean that that's that's my question is is that look at the media in their business right most of the media is is sponsored by an industry organization, so you're not allowed to talk bad about that organization, or in a lot of cases, you're not allowed to talk bad about anything. <laughs> People who work for certain racing publications are, are are told not to say negative things because so and so doesn't like them, and it's it's a business of like who in this business couldn't we could could we um not lose and have it make any difference nobody i mean who's important who's important in this business seriously who is important in horse racing like who is a person that we absolutely can't like live without nobody nobody's bigger than the game other than other than jason bean beamy's the great uniter 
but no seriously like who who's our uh, uh you know person uh that we we just can't do without <laughs> No, I, I and and you know what? It may be maybe that's by design. It's you know? not by design. Nothing's by design. It's, it was. It it just happens. Well, maybe and then it just happened that way by accident. I guess. I'm telling you, it's it's like it's it's like it just it's like the the newspaper gets delivered to the wrong uh, address, but you go on the patio, you pick it up, bring it in, you read the whole thing, right? Like now you're informed, but you're not informed because you went out intending to be informed. It just wound up landing on your on your porch, and that's how it seems like that's how that's how ADWs came to be. There was no grand plan to have those in the beginning. They just formed because uh, the tracks took simulcasting is like gravy money. There should be no ADWs. There, we should have never had ADWs. Not not in the way that they're they're they exist essentially we took the, the 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 shitty otb system in new york which of course was a disaster with a surcharge and all that and and we just made it a, made it into a, a a telephone system and which is morphed into a a computer system i mean we should have adws but they should there there should be like three of them they're all controlled by 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 you know um, of course, they say it. They'll be controlled by you know uh, Churchill, Stronach, and Naira, which of course would then just probably wind up in the same position we're in now. I was gonna say, it's, it's but really... it, it, it's it's like you know we should have one, but that would of course be against antitrust. Uh, it would be an antitrust violation. Satish Sanan looked into having an industry-wide um, ADW that would. Almost work as a nonprofit, and this was uh, fifteen years ago, maybe, maybe less. Um, but he gave up. He said it's just impossible to. Um, once it, these other businesses have been established, it just wouldn't. It, it just there was too many antitrust issues, and it just was never going to happen. So. But it would have been better. It would have been better for players. It would have been better for the horsemen. It would have been better for everyone. And and instead, we have what we have. Rebates are great, but rebates are also, you know, the reason that we can't lower takeout. So it's it's a you know you're painted yourself into this damned if you don't do damned if you don't corner. I mean, what would be better for the game than having takeout slashed in half across the and, and eliminate rebates? It's kind of one of those situations like if I knew then what I know now, would I have done things differently? True, and, and it's we're getting to the point where we have a lot of people in positions of leadership that, that never saw what we had before and didn't don't really know the mistakes that were made and maybe it doesn't really matter right maybe at this point it doesn't matter anymore because we we have the situation that we have to to, to deal with as it is i mean i generally just focus on on track stuff right that's my specialty or my uh quote-unquote area of expertise more than anything. 
I'm not a math genius. Uh, you know, the, the, the numbers that take out the betting, there's people that are far more qualified to talk about it than I am. No, but you understand the concepts. I do, that... but, but, you know, most of our complaints are, are generally restricted to the on-track issue, mm -hmm. which should be easier for the masses and, and the people, um, who, who, have titles to understand right it's easier to understand that a six horse race isn't as good as an eight horse race and i'm telling you at least 25 percent of the people who earn six figures in this business wouldn't really understand why maybe they would if you, you wrote it down and, and explained it to them but again you have people making decisions on gambling that don't gamble Yeah, that's that's tough. To, that's a tough pill to swallow when when you say it like that, where someone can't understand the difference between a six horse field and an eight horse field. That's a major problem. It, it's just a simple explain, you know, like huge. But it's just to me. Well, how many times have you and I spoke about this very topic? <laughs> that if we don't get more horses. That this business is just going to fade what we do or what genius moves we make or what the takeout is or or, or how wonderful the, the, the aftercare of the horse is. None of that stuff matters if the game gets to the point where we don't run races anymore. We can't run two days a week. No, that's not going to get it done. Two days is good. Five days is six days is turned into five days, turned into four days. And then soon it's going to be three days. At what? Oh, hey, maybe we have an issue here. And well, you know, just like I said a second ago, there's the people that are calling the shots now. They don't remember the six day weeks. <laughs> I'm not 70, you know? I'm not talking about the 60s here. Dude, I'm talking about like I used to hate Tuesdays. I'm talking about like when Cigar ran. Right. That we wasn't six days a week, all year round. Aqueduct, Inner Track, Gulfstream. I thought Tuesdays was agony when 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 they didn't run on Tuesday, just Tuesday. All the other issues really don't even matter. If you have nothing to bet, it's like having a football team and having no field to play on. You could you take out could be five percent. If there's no races to be to bet on, what difference does it make? But we went from six to five to four. Now in some places we're at three. California's at three on some days. They used to be six. If that doesn't scare people. I don't know what will. I don't know what will. And 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 you still have a lot of people, a lot of people that, that keep telling me that we, this game needs to contract. Yeah, it's... It's just a uh, uphill climb, but you know, 
I don't want to give up hope on it. And I don't think you do either. But it's hard to be, you know, uh, forever optimistic about something that, you know, there's always that point where you see the, the, the writing on the wall. And it seems like we're getting closer to that point every year with no action. And I think that's that's where the frustration is. It's like, okay, you know, we got to do something. You can't just sit on your hands. And that's what I feel like is going on in a lot of these areas. It's just we're just sitting there, like, watching, you know, like, literally almost watching a train wreck. It's like, or something that could very well be preventable or slowed down or, you know, kind of pointed in the right direction, like I was saying before, but it's, it's like none of nothing's getting done. Like, you know, and then the stuff that does get done isn't as impactful because we let it go for so long. But, I wish there was one of these executives that would be like enough is enough, but none of them are like me and you or a lot of the, you know, people we interact with on Twitter, you know, lifers. And they don't get it. It doesn't seem like, I mean, maybe they do. I haven't talked to enough to know, but just by the actions or inaction, it says a lot. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, I, you know, <laughs> there is honestly, like, at this point in my life, there's no place I would rather be than to go to a racetrack to, to spend the day at the races. No, no doubt. I mean, that's, that's, that's why, you know, that's why we bothered, we do this. Mm -hmm. Because racing is, is still great. I mean, I, I went to the races and had a good time on Saturday. I didn't hardly bet because I didn't really like anybody. No, um, but you, you did your and, thing. And that, and that goes back to, like, it's hard to believe that on a Saturday afternoon card was, you know, could be, those cards were as weak as they were, but they are, and that's that's how it is. But, I mean, it's, it's still, I like going to the racetrack. I like hanging out there. I like cashing tickets. <laughs> but that's happened much lately. But, yeah, it's 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 a great game, but. It's got a crumbling foundation, and and now I'm too pessimistic, but I just go back to the 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 simple point of contraction, 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 contraction. It's not gonna work, man. That's that's out of the question. It's going to contract ourselves into nowhere, into no. nothing. I mean, this week was the, there was, of course, another um, 
negative piece on Naira by the Times Union of Albany, which oh, is yeah, I saw that. just kind of a you know new well, like a new thing. It's a not a new thing. It's 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 like a tradition, but kind of the falls you know, the comptroller has been after Naira, and it's been after Naira basically since you can ever remember. And and you know they do this this audit of them and and i'm not saying that naira didn't make some mistakes i'm sure some of the things they did were not you know not perfect but some of the stuff is just Why? you read it and it's common sense to do it the, the way they did it but because the government and, and, and i don't care i don't care if you work for the government you know how shitty the government runs and don't tell me, oh, look at the army, some stupid shit like that. The governments <laughs> are terrible. They're run horribly. Every every single part of the government that horse racing's been involved with is awful. The licensing is, <laughs> I mean, it's like there's states are, are, are competing to see who can be worse. <laughs> the regulation, the, 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 the test barn, the, it, it's just bad everywhere. But it's hard to run a regular business like a government because government's got so many stupid rules that they have to have to comply with all these other stupid rules that it just makes some things impossible. And, and you have this guy complaining about, um, oh, Naira, but one of the paintings was at Belmont instead of being in storage. Come on, man. Oh, God. <laughs> Come on. Pretty sure all the paintings were at Belmont before they were put in storage for, you know, like 40 years. Oh, Naira spent, uh, you know, $8,000 at, at a gun range. Right. You know why? Because they want all their, their security people that they're legal to get to, to remain legal to, to carry. In New York, it's a big deal. New York is hard. It's not like Florida where all you got to do is basically be <laughs> alive and they'll give you a gun. Uh, <laughs> You can you can get a, a a concealed weapons permit like I mean unless you didn't hadn't committed a felony in the last month you could get one. New York is it's hard if you if you get caught with a gun in New York and yeah, and, and you're, you're not credentialed you're going to jail. It's not it's a it's not it's a not a joke. Well, they 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 have a a gun range that they rent and they send their guys out there. So that they can, uh, you know, in shifts to get them all qualified, so that there's no issues, because God forbid one of them forgot to get their qualifications and, uh, you know, was carrying a gun and then something happened and then, uh, you know, there was a issue and and then they found out that you know he was against, uh, or you know his thing was was expired. Then you know it would be a big scandal. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, they're they're ahead of that, for sure. But some of the stuff, it's just pettiness. Like, oh, we have to have three bids. So that's fine. Well, the the bid, you know, the the company that's done a good job. And and remember, some of the reasons that we get in trouble in horse racing is because we have these government bids. Monmouth got stuck with the worst drug testing company because they came in with the lowest bid, and that was what the yeah. state took it didn't matter it, the the reputation uh the capabilities everything was was secondary to to expense they had to take the lowest one they took the lowest bid and it caused all kinds of trouble there all kinds of trouble because they were a, a bad company 
but they're talking about the cleaning service at Saratoga. A <laughs> cleaning service who had done a good job. And when they put the first bids in, their, their bid was a little bit higher than the other bid, the other companies who they didn't know anything about. And then something happened. They wound up putting a rebidding and then bidding lower. So ultimately they had the lower bid and they do a good job. But, the, but the, the, the comptroller didn't like that because he says, well, according to Rule 4, Section 3, Paragraph 2, uh, 4 point A, B, uh, you can't do it in that manner. That that wasn't, you know, like like um, uh, companies that, that, that provide cleaning services are experts at government regulations. And the guy who runs Naira's cleaning service is an expert at, at, at uh, New York state regulations. In the end, the taxpayers paid the least amount for the best service. Yet that is what politicians don't like. They don't like that. And that's who we're stuck with. Not, not, it's... it's Yeah, I mean, obviously that kind of defeats the purpose, you know, and 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 I find that that happens a lot when you deal with government entities. It's like they they do a lot of things to regulate certain things, but in some cases, many, it ends up hurting the process instead of helping it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just think about speaking of New York, the the whole thing with the workers' comp thing that a lot of trainers are getting caught up in. And I understand the premise is because you don't want workers to be abused or overworked and so on. But this is a niche sport that has certain things that, you know, time clock is different. (laughs) It's not a nine to five. And it shouldn't be treated as a nine to five. But the rules dictate as a nine to five. So, it, you know, at least from a horse racing standpoint, those things can hurt rather than help. And you get into these weird predicaments that seem to come up or have been coming up often. Somebody once told me that some of the worst things known to man started with good intentions. True. And that kind of sums up a lot of government. But March Madness was good. It was entertaining. Yeah. Especially last night. Yesterday's games were really good. 
Yeah. Peacocks advance. Nobody had St. Peter's on their bracket unless they went there. Which is only like 2,500 people total. <laughs> I don't think the people put them on. Not, not the way that, you know, uh, Calipari was a no-show. Ellen <laughs> in for years. Yeah. Can't just run the same stuff all the time. And think that other teams aren't prepared for it. They're, they're like, well, never never does anything. That's like a team that recruits the athletes that he recruits might, like, you know, put some full core pressure on once in a while. Or, or uh, I don't get it, man. Same old, same old, same old. And I mean, he, he tried a little something different, I guess all one and done's here. But I mean, he, the top, Obi Toppin's brother played good. Never again took him out the whole rest of the game i didn't understand i thought maybe he was hurt he wouldn't but coached the other team changed defenses they kept kentucky on on their toes you know they heels that they just kept you know and then and same same uh years obviously i mean they came back and won again so it wasn't a good fluke. team Right. But Calipari is you know, want to give him all the time. I don't know why. I don't know why either. I, it, it, it's weird to me. And yeah, like Gillespie and all those other, you know, that guy wasn't very good, but champ one championship. He's coached thirty five. He's won one. The UMass teams, he he was he was a different coach. Stuff worked. Right had, now, Derek Rose had NBA MVP. He had him in Memphis, and he didn't win. Jesus. I mean, the list of players he's had, and and everybody who leaves Kentucky, and and sure, a lot of players get better as they get older, but everyone who leaves to Kentucky, like the next year, they're way better. They're like, well, he, you know, he gets those players to share the ball and blah, blah, blah. Well, maybe he shouldn't. <laughs> maybe that's the problem. They're peacocks. You got to let them fly. I'm happy. I like them. <laughs> I know you do. But um, it was nice, Kenny Ping, back to Louisville. Yeah, that Louisville was job. He'll turn it around. I know he got a lot of a lot of po- a lot of positive uh, out of the the Knicks. A lot of the players liked him, so he'll be all right. Louisville should be a good team, but. I mean, it's fun to watch. The basketball is pretty horrible, but the ref is paid by the whistle. <laughs> yeah, that tech on the dunk was like the worst call I've ever seen. Literally. It was just, pe- just, just petty, you know? Petty. Petty. 
It was kind of like, yeah, look at me. I'm going to call it technical on this guy, you know, with four minutes to go in the game. For what reason? No reason at all. And the guy didn't do it. No, it wasn't. I'm sure if you looked at the rule book and say, well, I don't know, technically, but it's a discretion call. He just didn't need to do that. I mean, some of these, the 40 minutes, 45 fouls. And and that's just fouls. Just all the whistles. There's and and traveling. Not that they call it that much, but uh, uh, I mean, fouls. The the Gonzaga game meant again. Three, fifty-three. Couldn't get a rhythm. Forty-five minutes. Some of the the touch calls are just—they—they almost so that when when one of these touch calls, and it's like, oh well, you know, next time down, the the other team gets a touch call, and oh, it's a little worse, and then. Next thing you know, Team A's got three guys in foul trouble, and Team B's got two guys in foul trouble. And right, it, it, well, I know my dad was, uh, you know, kind of coming through the ranks as a as a referee, and he was doing like NBA stuff, and they would teach them and tell them, you know, you want to try to keep the starters in the game because when when they're not in the game, the quality of play suffers. They need to start kind of teaching that way, it seems, in college instead of just, you know, having them just blow every whistle. Because you don't really need to. There's really no need to have, you know, however many 53 fouls. It's just, that's absurd. And it and it does affect the the whole rhythm of the game, the flow, and and the quality of play. It 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 slows the game down. It's just not good basketball to watch. Above everything right. else. Mm-hmm. That's true. It's true, but those guys miss wide Peter. Or miss free throws. <laughs> Man, that's a lost art, bro. Free for a reason. <laughs> I didn't mean to be depressing for everyone that made it this far. Just frustrated. I'm frustrated to the point where I just... Uh, maybe I'm just bored. That could be it. But the weather's just... springtime. The weather's weather's getting the weather was perfect today. I know people north of me. It was awful nice here today. Man, it was great today. Sunny. <laughs> no really humidity. No, it wasn't real hot. It was like perfect today. Today was good. So, shout out to the mayor's birthday is coming up before okay. our next show. The mayor the called mayor. 11 
twelve last night to tell me that twenty five in Arizona sucked. Like, I mean, this why are you calling me? <laughs> yeah, but the other guy is unstoppable. Which guy? Mathern? Mathern? Canadian guy? Yeah. Nasty. Turn him loose a little more, man. For real. Like, you can see he's like, like one of those guys that like once he, he gets in the flow, right, he's just going to like. Just let him go. Like, he's going to make yeah, a bad I, play here and there. He's going to be, you know, he's going to try to dunk over the whole team. He's going to throw one out of bounds here and there. But he, he's he, nasty. He's nasty. I, I would, if I was the coach, I would be like, listen, don't think, just do. Just go. Just do what you yeah. do. I wouldn't even, Their you offense know, gets a little stagnant sometimes. And they really need to put pressure. They get to go. Up and down the court, and they get teams running with them. That's when they just are really, really tough to beat. Oh man, I, I they mean, kind of it, changed the game when they put the pressure last night, and he put that that uh, one two two press on. It 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 uh, it, it got the... yeah them. game. But I I always think of a guy like him, in the sense that, I don't know if you've heard this from Gilbert Arenas back in the day. You know, a few years ago, he said this publicly, and he's like, what's scarier, a pit bull on the leash or a pit bull off the leash? <laughs> that's, you got to let that dude off. You got to get him off the leash, man. <laughs> you got to let that dude just do his thing. He'll carry you to the championship game for sure. He's the guy. Rebound. And I'm they, okay they shouldn't, that, that, that team shouldn't, yeah. a team with as many big guys as they have getting re- rebounded. No, but I'm okay not. with that. If they're, if they're, you know, up tempo, that's okay. If they're, if they're playing up tempo, because they're going to overcome that a lot, but you gotta let that guy go, man. He gotta be a wildcat. Let him be a wildcat off the leash. Yep. So, this weekend, Dubai. We'll Dubai on Saturday morning. And on Sunday. Yep, Florida Cup Day. Two weeks from tonight is the. Big racing of. Oh yeah, I almost forgot about that. How yeah. could I? Pete, Pruitt, and the match race. Match race. With some trash talking being being uh, thrown around a little bit on Twitter today. You know I'm gonna be down there for that, right? You gotta be. I mean, it's to to call the race, dude. It's gonna be a star-studded event. Maybe we can get Marty McGee to show up. <laughs> would be. Then it's a party. Then, then it's 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 a real it's a real event. Not an event until he shows up. 
he knows where Pompano is. I, I've seen Marty there on dark days. Marty has been spotted there in the simulcast center on dark days. With uh, with Ohio racing on his hmm. television. The Meadows? Uh, that's, Valley. that's Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Beulah. Amy Valley. The Beulah. Beulah. Oof. The Beulah. Beulah. Well, yeah, that'll be that'll be something, man. It's hard, it's hard to believe that Pompano was closing. I, honestly, I haven't even gone that much lately, just because it's just too depressing to go. And that's such a it's like the walking into your own funeral. The last time I was there, man, people are finally starting to to come to the realization, you know, the racing people that that's the, the end is near, and uh... it's really near. Jesus. <laughs> Yeah, it's. I mean, my entire life, Pompano was the winter track and harness racing. It just was, and to think North. that's not going to be there, and oh, man, just is. Uh, it's just, you know, kind of hard to believe. I remember back in the day, I used to think that the number five at Pompano was like the ultimate place to be in any race because they would kind of slingshot <laughs> and come right down the middle of the track and it was always number five this is before i really knew anything about anything but i was still firing away when i was 17 years old so always bet the five at pompano that was that was the golden the golden number. Yeah. So I guess we're going to have to... <clears throat> Hopefully, wipe the slate clean this next week and then have everything on the upswing starting Monday. Yeah. Next Monday show. That's the goal. That's, That's this our week's goal. assignment. <laughs> you know, like, uh, you know, like those, like the pirate ship ride at the at the fair or at the amusement park, where it swings back and forth. Yeah, yeah sometimes <laughs> it comes off the hinge. Yeah, well, yeah, I've seen videos of that. We, we don't want to come off the hinge. <laughs> we want to make it scary, though. You know, where people think it's going to come off the hinge, but we're not. We're going on the upswing. Well, 
Only one way to go, right? Yep. Up. Up. Hopefully. Up. Up. Well, we've wasted enough people's time tonight. Probably need therapy after listening to this. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> Not them, us. <laughs> Who needs our heads checked? <laughs> we love this game. We need our heads checked. <laughs> exactly. That's the truth. You have a good week, and everyone, thank you for listening. And uh, if you made it this far, you deserve another gift like the other day last week. <laughs> but um, yeah, derby derby preps are back next week. No derby preps this week. That was probably the problem. No derby preps. No, no yeah. distractions. So, all right. Sounds like a plan. We'll uh, we'll talk to you next week, Barry. And oh, you're gonna be uh, Sunday, right? Are you going to be at Tampa Sunday? I will be. Yeah, this coming Sunday at Tampa for the Florida Cup. You're doing a little handicapping on the air, so yes, and everybody. Hopefully, the the weather will cooperate this time, and I can wear shorts. <laughs> be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I haven't even looked, but I know it's got to be better than it was last week. Yeah, it's going to be like 80. No humidity, no wind. There you go. Exactly. Just like I like it. Your best handicapping weather. Sounds good. All right. Like I said, man, thanks for listening, and uh, we will talk to you next week. Hey guys, I wanted to talk to you quickly about some of the changes coming to the Going in Circles Digest, which is our sort of weekly newsletter that we put out that covers a a wide variety of topics. Uh, Just lately, we've added some guest columnists. Sid Fernando wrote a great piece for us a couple weeks back, and Julian Brown has really helped us out with some uh, excellent handicapping uh, articles and we're going to expand on the handicapping especially uh you know with julian's writing who who used julian used to write for american turf monthly um but it's something that uh, we we think people seem to have be interested in and certainly any timely topic is, is something that's going to be covered and uh we're going to do a lot of uh, our weekly previews, especially for the big days and, and the Triple Crown races. Uh, we also want to put it out there that anyone that has something to say, you can be a guest writer. Just contact me. There's a, vo- a variety of ways. Going in circles podcast at gmail.com is probably the easiest. And we'll, uh, we'll put you out there. And we're not exactly... Uh, at the distribution point of the New York Times or anything, but we do get a lot of click-ons. And if you have something to say, well, we'll help you say it. All right, guys, if you have any suggestions, anything you want to hear about, anything you want to read about, hit me up, goingincirclespodcast.gmail.com and uh, check it out, goingincirclesdigest.com. Substack.com. Free subscription. Thanks, guys.
Hey guys, I wanted to make you aware of a new company that's out there making some really cool apparel and other swag. Fantac. www.fan-tac.com. Check it out. They've created a bunch of logos and stuff for uh, an expanding list of jockeys. And they also are doing some going in circles swag. So if you want any uh, t-shirts or hats, hoodies, and cell phone covers, check it out. Fantac, F-A-N-T-A-C-K.